Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. Open with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He wasn't talking about the church being built on Peter, but he was talking about it being built on the revelation that Peter had just finished saying When Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And some said a prophet and these great things. And Jesus said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon that revelation that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, that he would build his church. So it is not my job or Dell's job to build Crossroad International Church. It's Jesus' job because it is his church and he builds it. He uses us as subcontractors. Okay, he is the main builder and we are subcontractors under Jesus to do the jobs that he has called us to do. I've got giftings that God uses to help build the church Dell's got giftings, but every one of you have gifts that God wants to use to see this church built up into what he has called it to be. And then Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Now therefore you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but you are members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple to the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit." We don't come here just to hear good music, fellowship, eat good food now. I mean, we miss that at Best Western, the fellowship and the food. So every time you think about it, please pray for Symphony Hotel because they are doing all of that for gratis. We're not paying for it. They're giving it to you as a gift because the sales manager is a good believer and he told me he said if i bless the church god will bless my hotel so bless the hotel for me okay but we don't come just for that we come so that we can be built together one another into a dwelling place for god by his spirit 
The purpose of the church basically is to bring glory to God. We heard an awesome testimony. I couldn't have orchestrated a better testimony of what the church is than Dale's testimony this morning. Because that's the church in action. Brothers and sisters coming together to help one another in times of need or hardship or don't know what to do. And God works it out through the body of Christ to bring glory to him. Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The second purpose of the church is to equip believers for ministry. So basically what I'm doing right now is not ministry. It is equipping you and myself as the body of Christ so that when we go out of this place, we are able to do the ministry that God has called us where we live, where we work, where we shop in our everyday life. Ministry takes place mainly on the street or in the workplace or in your home. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about, with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It is our job as the body of Christ to share Jesus and to take Jesus to those around us. I remember when I was in Bible college, um, there was a, a song that was fairly popular, and I think it was written by Will, Aaron Wilburn, and it was this, Who will be Jesus for them. It talked about people are looking for God, they're looking for Jesus, and to the beggar on the street, who will be Jesus to him? To the person that's down and out, or the person in the cubicle next to you at work, who will be Jesus to them? And if it's not me, then who? My job as a believer is to minister to those that don't know Jesus. And that's the third purpose of the church, is to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We don't wait for them to come to us. We seek them out. 
Jesus went looking for the lost. About 10 years ago, or a little longer, I was in a pastor's conference in the States, and they were talking about evangelism. And the man who was hosting the conference had a church that seated about 150, and it had about 60 or 70 people in it. And he was hosting this, this conference on evangelism, and he got up and made this statement. He said, the doorknob is on the outside of my church building, and anybody that wants to come in, all they have to do is walk up and open the door and come in. And that was his philosophy of evangelism. Put a doorknob on the outside of the church so anybody that wanted to could come in. After I heard that statement, it was no wonder why his church was less than half full and dying. Because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. I love to see people saved when they come to church. But what I love more than that is when you, as the body of Christ, bring someone with you and say, hey, pastor, this is someone that I work with and they've just come to Jesus and I brought them to church with me. That's the church really at work when we go out and seek and save the lost. But we can only be these, th these things when certain characteristics are in place. The first one is the church is characterized by love. The basis of our love is this in 1 John 4, 19. For love him, or we love him, because he first loved us. We love because God loved us. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We are able to love first because God loved us, then because God has put his love inside of us. We love them with the love of God, not necessarily our own love. And the purpose of love is, number one, to be a witness. Love that God gives us, the purpose of it isn't so when I come to church and the music is exceptional and everything's going good, I have chills running up and down my spine and the hair on the back of my neck stands up because, you know, oh, I feel the love of God. It's wonderful when that happens, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is to be a witness to the world. John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. One of the greatest witnesses of the body of Christ is loving one another. And love makes our ministry attractive to outsiders. 
1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I do not have love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all love so or all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. See, we need to be motivated by the love of God. And when we have the love of God showing out of us to others, to people maybe at work that have abused us or um, maybe they've said false things about us and those types of things and we still love them, that makes the gospel attractive. One of the things that is very unattractive is you can know this book from front to back and use it to beat people. And not have love. The Bible says we're just a sounding brass and a ringing bell. It doesn't mean anything. So how do we love the unlovely? How do we put this into practice? Maybe it's that guy that you think took your position that you were supposed to have at work. Go help them. Go give them some advice. Your neighbor that is loud all night or whatever, pray for them, help them, do something, take them some cookies or something. But show the love of God to people. And then second thing, the church should be characterized by unity. Love leads to unity. The prayer of Jesus in John 17, 20 to 23. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they also may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. One of the things I love about CIC is we come from a vast majority of backgrounds or a vast number of backgrounds excuse me not only nationally and culturally but even from a vast array of parts different parts of the body of Christ different churches different denominations different theological backgrounds 
We have the full gamut here, but we all come together, and we all worship together. We all fellowship together. We all love one another. Why? Because we all have the same Heavenly Father. Many of you I don't know very well, but even the ones that I don't know, I'm closer to you than I am to my biological family because we have the same Heavenly Father. Amen? Some of my biological family doesn't. I'm still praying for them. But you and I are family. Everywhere I go around the world, I'm never away from my family. It's what Dell was talking about. The church can be our family. Because we walk together in unity. The church can also be our support group. You don't need all of these worldly support groups. You have the body of Christ. And it's done especially well in a life group, in a small group setting to where you're with a smaller group of individuals and you get to know one another really well and you have this love and this unity. And then the last thing, the church must be characterized by liberty. So it's characterized by love, unity, and liberty. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is liberty. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Here at CIC, be free. Don't be under bondage to anything, okay? As long as it's not anti-biblical, illegal, or immoral, go for it. Amen? We don't care how you dress as long as you're dressed. <laughs> I don't think I need to say anymore. <laughs> One of the guiding principles of this church and of the church universal... It's summed up by these three characteristics. In things essential for salvation, we must be united. In things not essential for salvation, we must have liberty. And then in everything, we must love one another. Let me give you a few things that are essential for salvation. God exists and rewards those who seek Him. If you don't believe God exists, you can't be saved, okay? That's essential. You have to know that God exists. The Bible is the inspired Word of God. That's an essential. Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. That's essential. We are born again by the Spirit of God. The benefits of the gospel come by faith, not by works and the good news is that Jesus Christ came he died he was buried he rose again and he's coming back again those are things essential around those things we are united so what are some non-essentials 
what day we meet on. I, you know, on WhatsApp with a lot of leaders around the world, and they'll be WhatsApping me, and I won't answer them, and I get out of church, and I say, oh, sorry, I was in service. And they go, service on Friday, what's wrong with you? Don't you know you have to go to church on Sunday? Well, the Bible says the day is not, doesn't matter. What type of clothes we wear to church doesn't matter. What kind of songs we sing doesn't matter. Whether we sing off of the overhead, the screen, a songbook, doesn't matter. Those things we have a sense. Do we meet in a fancy hotel or do we meet in a tent in the desert? Doesn't matter. I prefer the fancy hotel to the tent in the desert, but where we meet doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of times in Africa, we'd be in this small block building with a tin roof and, you know, 45 degrees outside and your head's about six inches from the tin roof. And I look out the door and there's the breeze under this huge mango tree. And I just picked the pulpit up and walked out under the mango tree and said, I'm going to be out here preaching. If you want to hear me, pick your bench up and follow. It's a whole lot cooler. So it doesn't matter the type of facility. But what matters is we love one another in all of it. And the church is characterized, lastly, by an outward focus. Matthew 5, 14 to 15 you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but in a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. There are two types of shelter designed for safety in a storm, or two structures, not Two structures designed for safety in a storm. The first one is a storm cellar. It's a place where you go. If you look around in the airports and different places, if there's a disaster, it says, here's the assembly point. That's supposed to be a safe area. But see, the problem with the storm shelter is it's inward focused. It's only focused on those people that can fit inside the storm shelter. And its purpose is to hide from the storm. And it can only help a few people, however many can fit inside of that shelter. But the other structure that's designed for a storm is a lighthouse. And a lighthouse is outward focused. A lighthouse is there to help guide people through the storm. And the lighthouse helps anyone that can see it. So you and I as the church, as Crossroads International Church, I hope your desire is for us to be a lighthouse and not a storm cellar to where we're not just looking in to help ourselves, 
but we're looking out because we have the love of God in our heart, and one of our purposes of a church is to reach the lost. And we can't do that looking inside, even though there is a doorknob on the outside of these doors. That's not an evangelistic strategy. You and I must be reaching out. So let me give you a few application questions. And I want you to think about this. What steps can you take to be an example of love in CIC? These are all personal questions. What can you what steps do you need to take personally to show love in CIC? That one's fairly easy. The next one's a little harder. What steps do you need to take to be an example of God's love where you work? Do you encourage unity during our times of fellowship or do you mainly look for people like you? Think about that. Does your attitude toward the beliefs and the cultures of other foster an atmosphere of liberty? And if not, what do you need to do to be more open to other ideas and other cultures? And then finally, are you focused inward or outward? Our devotion time, our daily time with God, that is when we mainly focus on the inside. When we're in that quiet place, it's just us and God. That's when God gets rid of all and works on all of the junk in here. And that's to prepare us so that when we get up from that time with God and we go out and we see someone that is hurting that we are able to minister to them and show them the love of God. And then lastly, what do I need to do to make sure that CIC is a lighthouse and not a storm shelter? Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this time. Father, we thank you for Crossroad International Church. Father, we thank you for this body of believers that is able to worship you in this nation of Kuwait. Father, help us as the church to bring glory to you. And Father, help us to equip each other for the work of the ministry and Father, help us to fulfill our purpose to seek and save the lost. Father, let this church be characterized by love, unity, liberty, and an outward focus. But, Father, that can only happen as the individual members of the body of Christ 
are characterized by love, unity, liberty, and an outward focus. So, Father, in our daily time with you, we ask that you would just touch our hearts. Show us those things that aren't pleasing to you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.